My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And And we we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 32. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing the 1922 Mm -hmm. silent film Nosferatu. And this isn't up everyone's alley, Mm -hmm. my own included, I would say. Not because I don't appreciate it or not because I don't enjoy it or not because I don't like it. It's just hard to sit down and watch an hour and a half silent film. Yeah today honestly Mm -hmm. but this is really the og vampire movie and one of one of the og horror movies there's only like yeah two years before this Mm -hmm. that horror even existed in film of course we have plays that's where dracula came from exactly and frankenstein by mary shelley and all of these horror novels and novellas Mm -hmm. but this was the first time that you saw some like this Bram Stoker's Dracula was originally a novel that they then loosely turned into a play Okay, that they then even looser (laughs) turned Turned into into a movie. Got it. So I have not read Bram Stoker's Dracula. I have it back Mm -hmm. behind us here. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I had to read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in high school, but Mm -hmm. not Dracula. I remember loving that book, Frankenstein. I didn't ever read Dracula either. Yeah. So this movie we put on this list because of how iconic it is iconic and how it started so many things in the genre that we love so dearly it's the first vampire film the one of the first silent films yes exactly so um i did so i had seen this before we watched it for the podcast and i liked it the first time i watched it and appreciated it and i still appreciate it it loses for me Mm -hmm. it loses a little bit of its rewatchability because it honestly is hard to listen to organ music for an hour and a half straight. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of orchestra. It's straight organ music. Which was interesting, and I told you this, because I'm not a music person and you are. Right. So, honestly, in any film, there are people who go, who go, oh, my God, do you remember that music? Unless it's iconic, like Halloween or Jaws, I really don't even think about the music. Like, yeah. I, I drowned that out and I paid attention to the film yeah. and didn't even remember that there was the organ music. So, when you said that it was driving you insane, I'm like... Huh, I forgot it was even there. Like, it was beautiful. It's just, like I said, a lot to listen to for an hour and a half. And because I had seen the movie before, and some of the scenes are slower because it is a silent film. You couldn't get into it as much? I couldn't get into it as much. And the music has to be... The music has to be basically portraying their emotions because yeah. they they can't speak. It's overacted on purpose because that's the way they have to portray emotions through their face. But also the music is so in your face and loud because, first of all, if it was completely silent and there was no music, there wouldn't be much of an audience, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's like the Charlie Chaplin films, the you know goofy piano and things that portray that comedic yeah. mood. This is very... Uh, you know, organ music can be intense and be associated with the church or rituals, things like that. So it's very in your face if you're not trying to drown it out, you know. And being a person that's very conscious of scores, mm-hmm. it was just like a lot to watch again. And because I've seen it, I think I've seen it even like a couple times, just kind of more in the background. So we'll just do a quick walkthrough. This one is going to be pretty quick. I don't think that you, mm, this is not true in the slightest, but (laughs) I don't think that you can have an opinion that you hate this movie. Because like, yeah, I'm sure you can, but 
not, and I like this movie. I love this movie. It's just, how can, it's so different from anything we have today just because of the time, the era difference. I mean, it's almost 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to say, oh, that movie is so boring because we're just so used to being immersed in sensory overload nowadays. Right. Uh, with CGI and crazy sound mixing and things like that. So it's kind of comparing apples and oranges. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's iconic. It's a classic. But I don't have a lot of opinions about it because it just is what it is. And I appreciate it. And I love it for that. Yeah. So we'll take you through a quick walkthrough. It's going to sound pretty similar to uh, Bella Lugosi's Dracula. Because I mean, it, it is. is Dracula. The it, names are changed and stuff. But yes, yeah. exactly. So just if you want to listen to this little walkthrough and some little fun little trivia things, then mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. So, in 1838, Thomas Hutter lives in a German city of Wisborg. Wisborg? No idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> His mysterious employer is this estate agent, Her Knock. Like, H-E-R-R, Knock. And he sends Hutter to Transylvania to visit a new client named Count Orlock, who plans to buy a house there. And Hutter leaves his wife, Ellen, to his good friend, Harding, and Harding's sister, Annie, before embarking on his long journey. So what was interesting, too, when we did the Women in Horror episode a couple months, I think February, was Mm -hmm. International Women's Day, or early March, the first week of March. Okay. The woman that plays the wife has quite a role in this film. And she was just literally, even though she has a name in the movie, her name is Ellen, she was Hutter's wife Mm -hmm. in, like, the IMDb and everything. Like, that's just, she was just the wife. Yeah. Which is telltale of the time. Just nowadays, just interesting to see somebody that had such a huge part in this silent film basically be a no-name. Granted, I don't know how popular this movie was at the time. While he's on his way to Transylvania, Hutter stops at an inn to eat and... The locals freak out just because he says he's going up to meet this person. They don't, like, even really acknowledge his name or Count Orlock's name. And they basically tell him that you shouldn't go up there because they actually say there's a werewolf on the prowl. Which is a fucking hyena. Right. And also, since it is a silent film, there is text shot in. Like, they do have some dialogue, but it's written in as quotes mm-hmm. that they flash, like, basically like a cue card up for. And there also is narrative storytelling with the script that's really hard to read. So mm-hmm. just, you have to pay attention to this movie. Yeah, Have to. You can't mess on your phone, which is something I struggled with during this movie because I take notes on my phone sometimes. And so I'd get a text or, like, a social media notification, and then I would... And then you miss pick a whole it up, bunch of stuff. and then I miss like all this dialogue, so I have to like go back and watch mm-hmm. it. The next morning, he takes a coach to the mountain pass, but the just like in Dracula in the 1930s Dracula, the dude's like, I'm not taking you up there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to figure it out. And then a another carriage appears for him, and climbs for him to come up, and he's just like, Okay, cool. Let's let's go. This is fine whatever and so he goes up to the castle and of course he meets count orlock and when he is eating dinner because orlock is welcoming him in Mm -hmm. and being very cordial and when he's eating dinner he accidentally cuts his thumb and orlock tries to suck the blood out but of course hutter's like the fuck are you doing (laughs) and 
Hutter wakes up the next day to the castle being completely deserted and he has wounds on his neck. And then so he sends a letter back to on horseback <laughs> to be delivered to his wife. And it's so funny because even in like the synopses and like in the movie over and over, his devoted wife, his mm-hmm. devoted wife over and over and over. It's like, God, she has no identity beyond that. No. None. Which that's well, whatever. This but. is supposed to be in the 1800s also. I know, yeah. that's, so it's not even filmed in the true time. Right. It's interesting to accept some of these cultural things that happened back then, but it's also like, I know she's got a hobby or something. That's right. not being your wife. <laughs> and then when he is writing this letter, he basically attributes the wounds in his neck to mosquitoes. Sure. Perfect mosquito sure. bites, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if I. Mm, would you be in denial or would you be like vampire? Like I know in this time he's probably I mean but. me would I be like vampire because of course I would I'd be like yes I knew it take me <laughs> but someone who's probably afraid of them or doesn't like that yeah. then yeah they would probably be Mosquitoes, in denial yeah and I then, would probably think bed bug but <sighs> triggered I'm sorry it's okay <laughs> And we're not going to talk about it, but I had a bed bug issue one time bad. because my neighbors bringing in some shit off the streets and I didn't realize that they could get into your apartment if you were clean because I didn't know. And it was like, other than family deaths, the worst time <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Anyways, I digress because I just can't. That night, Count Orlack signs the documents to purchase his home and his home just happens to be across the street from Hutter's home. Right. And his boss, even in an earlier scene, is like, oh, sell him the house right across from you, right across from you, sell him that house, that house. He's like, really like, yeah, sell him that house. Yeah, his boss is real creepy in the beginning even. Yeah. And you're like, mm. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. And this is super weird. He signs the documents, he gets the house across the street and... He notices a photo of Hutter's wife saying that she has a lovely neck. And that's one of those little dialogue things that comes up. And then I would be like, oh, these aren't fucking mosquito bites. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you were in denial at that point, like I got bites on my neck and you're calling my wife's neck lovely. (laughs) I'm going to leave. Either way, you're a creeper. These documents are just going to get lost, (laughs) wet. Something is going to happen. I know they didn't have shredders back then, but it's going to be They got fireplaces. That's true. Burn it. <laughs> and then Hutter like immediately starts reading a book about vampires that he took from the inn that he went to have dinner at. And he starts to think that Orlok is this Nosferatu that he's reading about. Right. The bird of death. Right. So clearly when I said when he was like, oh, lovely neck, he's like, these aren't mosquito bites. He, he did come to that conclusion, <laughs> which is especially for the time. Interesting. It's, it's not like it's surprising because folklore started far before we could hardly even communicate. Yeah. It's just we think about we're so far away from the 1800s and the mm-hmm. night even like the early 1900s that it's like, oh, shit, they like these vampires and things like that that we read about go so, so, so far back into our history. Yes. It's When you get into the origins of vampires and why they started which i don't know a ton about you probably know quite a bit yes. or you know which maybe we'll get to eventually maybe a happy hour eventually maybe. Not, um but i i think that that's so interesting and i think and i've said this before i think horror movies should focus on folklore more absolutely i freaking yeah. agree like i wish curse of la llorona was better because we need more folklore stuff and 
this, I mean, they took essentially vampires from folklore and look at the, like, vampires, zombies, Mm -hmm. just uh, creatures in general, werewolves, like, that's all ancient folklore. Yes. So take more of that. It's, I'm sure there's some part of the world that their folklore hasn't been picked up by the mainstream media that they could just make fucking bank on if they Mm -hmm. did it well. And even if they didn't. Like La Llorona, people are still going to go see it. And sadly, they need to promote to the right studio because there's actually a movie that came out this year and unfortunately I haven't watched it, but what it looks like is basically Irish folklore on fairies. And that sounds awesome. Yeah. Let's keep going with that. I think it's called The Hole in the World, Hole in the Earth. Because fairies are scary. Like real fairy folklore is terrifying. Not the the fun, cutesy Or the true blood fairies. But the real... (laughs) fairies in folklore they're terrifying yeah so that night he's of course like like any of us if we're reading something scary or watching something scary he's like real spooked (laughs) and so and he's convinced that this actual person he's actually met that he's in like a close proximity to is this legendary creature so he's in his room and he has no way to bar the door shut so he's just like in his room being like terrifying at the door yeah that's what i would fucking do and then the door opens by itself Uh, and a lot of okay i know i said that i got a little bored watching this movie the second time only the second or third time did i get bored though because the first time i watched this Mm -hmm. you do get into it it is a scary movie like it's not like jump scares and like the shit that we need that instant gratification for today Mm -hmm. but the door opens by itself and then orlock comes in and is not all in his human getup. He is no. the vampire. He is Nosferatu. Yeah. And Nosferatu isn't isn't like Dracula in the sense that he knows exactly what he's doing the whole time, that he's yeah. being manipulative. It almost tries to tell you that Orlok in Nosferatu is two different people. Like during yeah. the daylight, he understands that this is wrong and he needs to be an upstanding citizen. And then when night comes, he becomes this other creature. Like basically. he can't help it. Yes. Yes. And it's so, and his eyes and his attire and his, you know, makeup and all of, and the eyes, how big they are. And when they move mm-hmm. and then his head moves, like he's just, it he is knows so haunting. Gone. It's so good. It's so well acted. Yeah. He's doing amazing. And it's cutting, actually, to Hutter's wife. And she, like, awakens from her sleep in a trance and walks towards the balcony and onto the railing. And the friend that's... I don't know why wives need a babysitter, but I digress, because if I just keep harping on that, it's going to get real annoying. But (laughs) her babysitter, Harding, shouts her name, and she faints while he is yelling for a doctor. So something weird's happening here. He's like, oh, sexy neck. And then all of a sudden she's in a trance and, (laughs) you know, shit's happening. And after the doctor comes, she shouts for her husband, but she's still in like this daze and she's able to see Orlok in his castle threatening her unconscious husband, basically. And the doctor believes this trance-like state is due to blood congestion. Do we know what that is? Like, I know the word, two words separately, but it sounds like blood congestion is, like, high blood pressure. I was taking that as Conge- meaning consumption. Hmm. Maybe. But like I don't ingestion? Know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Something with the blood is what we know. This must have been language that was mm-hmm. used previously. 
The next day, Hutter explores this castle more. Last thing I would do personally. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a crypt in because of course it's an old spooky castle. And he finds the coffin where Orlock is sleeping, resting, if you will. Hutter is obviously horrified and he goes back to his room, which is what you get for slinking around a castle. <laughs> right. In a crypt. Who the if you're scared there's a vampire, don't go to the fucking crypt. Mm-hmm. Just just leave. Yeah. Just leave. During the day. <laughs> exactly. Bail. <laughs> but there's werewolves out there, meaning hyenas. Which are still scary. They're just not human hybrid scary. <laughs> so later from his window, he sees Orlock piling up coffins on a coach, so a carriage, and climbing into the last one like the last coffin before the carriage leaves and then he escapes through the castle window but is knocked unconscious by his fall and awakens in a hospital if you see him leave because Mm -hmm. i okay maybe he's locked in there but it doesn't ever actually that i remember show you them like locking him up you saw him leave walk out the front door (laughs) fucking bail walk out the fucking front door but at least uh, and who found him unconscious like, how? How did they they just came upon? Because everyone stays away from that castle. Everyone stays away from that castle. That's a good point. So, I mean, like, how did... Why was somebody like, I'm going to stroll on by, see what the vampire's <laughs> up to. Stuff out. Yeah. When he recovers, he goes home. And then you actually cut to the coffins being shipped down a river on, like, one of those old wooden rafts with, like, the little pulley system to steer it, you mm-hmm. know? They are transferred to a schooner, but not before one is opened by the crew and there's just a shit ton of rats in it. Ew. And the fucking s- ew. Yes. And the sailors, especially in, like, rats cause the fucking plague. So. Yeah. They all start getting sick. And all the sailors that are there. And then the captain and one of the other sailors, I think the first mate, die. And the first mate decides to go destroy the coffins because he's like starting to get suspicious it's just so interesting to me how all these people know about vampires like that's so ingrained in their culture that well it was back then it, yeah exactly like if something spooky's going on vampires but my second thought there is when you're loading the coffins onto this you're not like was it just so common to just move coffins around via boat hmm. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. he doesn't get suspicious until people start dying but if there were like piles of coffins going on a boat because like I get people die and you transport their bodies, I guess. But it seems like in those times, you would just kind of bury them where Be they like, fell. Yeah, yeah. They're, they, they're there. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Or he awakens Count Orlock and then the sailor just gets so scared because he opens his eyes. He just jumps into the water. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. That's that's some fucked up shit. Well, it's there's, supposed to be a dead body. There's a vampire in there. Just opens its <laughs> eyes. I would rather fucking drown than pursue this or find anything else about this body that I just saw wake up. Same. So he, yeah, he jumps into the water, the ocean. He's not like in. A, he's yeah, in it's the not fu- like he can get he anywhere. Will die in <laughs> the ocean. And then, of course, the captain. And he doesn't warn anybody because there's still the captain. Mm-hmm. Into the ocean. Good luck, everybody else. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. And the captain becomes Orlock's latest victim when he ties himself to the wheel, which is also interesting. You'd think that there'd be other ways as a vampire that, whatever. Well, I guess 
to get into the port, he probably needed the captain to be like, "On um, okay, never mind. Yeah. I answered my own question there. <laughs> when the ship arrives in the town where he bought the house, right across from his boy and the boy's wife with the pretty neck, Orlock leaves carrying one of his coffins and nobody sees him and moves into the house he purchased nbd no big deal yeah and he's just like carrying it the most awkward way like whether it's heavy to him or not it's so cumbersome i don't know how he's doing it yeah it's it's such a coffin's a weird shape man yeah you're just carrying that around nobody notices Mm -hmm. nobody the next morning the ship is inspected and the captain is found dead of course after examining the logbook the doctors think they're dealing with the plague because they think that they got sick from the rats which is fair and also terrifying Yes. The town is, of course, panicking and people don't want to go outside because the fucking plague. I mean, we talked about when we did our Haunting by the Hundreds episode, that was most of my stuff was about the plague. Exactly. Like the the mountains of bodies that they couldn't even bury and they yeah. just burn and put in pits. So, of course, they think that they should be worried about the plague and not this supernatural creature, mm-hmm. which is a good cover. There are... A lot of deaths in town which are blamed on the plague. So convenient cover. I guess if you have to be a vampire, the plague is a good time to be around. Yeah, right. <laughs> which is awful. But, and then it comes back to the boss. His last name is Nock, And he is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, he was crazy in the beginning. And now he's, like, institutionalized. In, yeah. Like, in a ward, crazy. And then he fucking escapes after murdering the warden. And then the townspeople go after him. But he gets away... And he goes up on a roof and he uses a scarecrow to hide. And then you see Orlock staring from his window at Ellen. So there's like all this commotion. The town is out. Conveniently sets up this, you know, scenario where he can go and. Well, yeah, they're busy with something else. Exactly. He can go after what he wants. This woman's babysitter's gone. <laughs> and it's yeah. an opportune time to go in there. The husband's gone and the babysitter's gone. So I'm going to go get that neck. Ew. <laughs> and even though he told her not to she read the book about vampires ellen did his wife read the book about vampires again women listen to your husbands (laughs) (laughs) don't read the spooky stuff don't read it all listen to your babysitters (laughs) that's just for fun we know this was a different time don't come for us The book claims that the way to defeat a vampire is for a woman who is pure of heart to distract the vampire with her beauty all through the night. So you can only beat a vampire if you're beautiful. Did you know that? All through the night? That sounds exhausting. And hurtful. Like painfully, physically. Like that's a lot of all through the night. (laughs) If you know what we mean. And she... She's like, I'm pure of heart, but I'm weak of heart because she opens her fucking window to invite him in and she just passes out. <laughs> She's like, yes, please. Oh, my God, it's too scary. <laughs> like, out. And because <laughs> well, she really thought of it's going to be all night. This is going to take forever. She's like, I'm going to do this for the good of everybody. And then she opens the door and she looks at him. She's like, oh, God, I can't. <laughs> I got a swoon or something. I got pass out. And she does. Poor little Ellen. And when Hutter, her husband, comes home and revives her, she sends him to fetch Professor Bulwer, who is a doctor. So 
all doctors are professors and all pre- professors are doctors is what I'm gathering from all of these old movies, <laughs> which is awesome because that's like double the pay. After he, le- after, after Hutter leaves, Count Orlock comes in, of course, like, he, of course, he starts drinking her blood that he forgets about the fucking son. That must have been some good blood. I would say it was all night, man. I would have said like good something else, but that was some good <laughs> ass blood, man. Because he fucking forgot. Damn straight, she's pure of heart. Heart. <laughs> and her husband's been away, been away for how long? Come on, man. Pure. She did read that book. She wasn't supposed to though. How pure of heart is that? That's a naughty book right there. That's a naughty. <laughs> Not naughty enough. <laughs> I'm sure there's a porn about it. Oh, for sure. There's an the XX Exorcist, and oh if okay, if y'all oh y'all need to look that shit up, right? I don't. I saw the trailer for it on YouTube <laughs> and like little clips because these guys were talking about it, but obviously YouTube like I obviously didn't watch the. Whole. It looked classic, and <laughs> if. The Exorcist didn't inherently just shake me to my soul. I'd probably go watch it. But she's probably going to vomit something while she's getting dicked. So I'm not <laughs> going to do it. But part of the trailer did... Oh, we are way off on one. Part of the trailer did have... Okay. I have to defeat this demon by having sex. And he opens his briefcase and it's just different sizes of dildos that are going to exercise her. <laughs> that are gonna ex- Getting that E rating today. <laughs> So, side note, if you find I mean, a Nosferatu porn, let me know. Well, I mean, that's what vampires are essentially about anyway. That's what They're it all comes symbols, down to yeah. is, I mean, drinking your blood and entering someone's body to drink their blood. It's all about sex. That's all it's about. My AP composition teacher in high school would love that because he thought that everything was homoerotic. <laughs> like, everything had a homoerotic Freud undertone. Freud was his favorite person. Yeah, or was just all about, like, how men and women can't be friends and everything's all about sex if you look into it. Hey, I have had long thoughts about how everything really essentially is about sex. That's literally our only drive is to procreate and then we create culture around that. So technically, it is all about sex. This is the end of the Exorcisters podcast because <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore about any of these horror movies. Exactly. It's, we're just not going to review anymore. Be like, it's about sex. That's it. That, yeah, that's what the movie's about. And the blood was so good, coming back to the blood now, <laughs> that he fucking forgot daylight was coming. And also, good ass blood. how did he good have that much blood? <laughs> because, I mean, okay, let's just say this did go on all night and he sucked. She, all he night long. Sucked, you're going to get us copyright claimed. <laughs> He's, he sucked her blood all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mature enough to say the word suck anymore. <laughs> oh my god. People are going to stop listening right now. I'm never going to listen again. He got okay, Cal being an adult. I'm ready. Okay. How did she have enough blood to just do that all night, though? Like, we run out of blood eventually. We look like a turtle because we're trying not to laugh. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. If it really is. is- it- I'm trying to be an adult. (laughs) Proceed. If it really is blood, then yeah, all night, yeah, she would probably be dead. Yeah. Well, Nock, forgot about him. He's the whole distraction here, has been recaptured 
and he senses what is happening to Orlok, who is evidently his master. So if you've seen Dracula from the 30s or most Draculas, he like has Renfield. this like, he, it's Renfield. Yeah, he has this like human servant kind of person. Who eats bugs. Yeah, and rats. And he, they won't let him, he's trying to break out of his cell to warn him that people are coming. But then a rooster crows and Count Orlok vanishes in a puff of smoke as he tries to flee and knocks senses as he quietly dies. So he just goes, poof, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> Ellen lives just long enough to be embraced by her grief-stricken husband. And the last scene shows Count Orlok's ruined castle in the mountains, symbolizing the end of his reign of terror. So, at least you got a good sucking in right at the end there. <laughs> and the end, thank you for listening. <laughs> no, but at least she lived for her husband to embrace her one last time. And he dies. I don't know. She he was goes, embraced all night long. He goes, poof. <laughs> he's gone. So, I do love this movie. It is one of those that I am glad I've watched a couple times I would watch, okay, I would watch it if somebody was like, let's watch Nosferatu. I'd be like, I'm down. But out of the collection of movies I have, if I'm going to watch an old one, I'll probably pull more. I would watch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari again. That was so Really good. good. We'll get the to that. Phantom but Carriage was so Phantom good. Phantom Carriage. Yes. Yeah. Dracula, Frankenstein. Those will probably be my go-to before Nosferatu just because it's, it's just a lot of really in your face organ music and that gets a little difficult to listen to in my opinion it's a little grating plus you've seen Nosferatu more times than you've seen Caligari Phantom Carriage yeah exactly and I'm sure I would stop grabbing for them after I watched them a a couple times too you know three or four times each so so this movie's been out for a long time Mm -hmm. so I'm sure you have some stuff I do I have some pretty interesting stuff so I'm going to start from the end just because we just finished with it. But the whole sunlight killing him thing. Yes. That's, or killing vampires at all. This is where that came from. And this was actually for them. They they did this death to avoid a copyright claim on Dracula Mm. because they couldn't get the rights to it. And they still wanted to make this movie. Yeah. It didn't help. It didn't help at all. They got sued. Yes. Did they lose? Oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, they did the sunlight death so that it wouldn't be It would be Dracula, a different movie. But it was Dracula. Well, yeah, because in Dracula, he meets this man, buys real estate from him, gets enamored with his wife. Like in the movies, I'm not talking about the book. But like, let's just look at the 1930s one, which came after. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that's more closely based on the novel yeah. because they did get the rights, I think. Yes. Yeah. So... So the play got the rights. Right. And they, the movie is based on the play. So it's a little different. It but yes. went through some loopholes there. Yeah. yeah. But it's basically the same concept. He wants this man's wife. And he goes through great, great lengths to get to this man's wife using yes. this like human And it's still, like you said, the, the realtor stuff. It's the exact yeah. same. Exactly. So this was filmed in Slovakia. And it was, I think it's pretty. Like the, yeah, the yeah. footage is actually very beautiful for, I mean... Especially because it's so haunting. Like, yes. the shots of him. And yes. even uh, Nock, the crazy servant dude, is, mm-hmm. is pretty intense, in yeah. my opinion. But then if you even match it up just film quality to yeah. things like Freaks, yes. it's just so much better taken care of. And yeah. the reason that happened was actually to a basically... You know, we have cult followings of movies. Of and that's how things like Heathers are loved by certain people because it's very... 
a cult type movie. Yeah, people loved it. Yes. Deeply, deeply. That's how Nosferatu got saved. It was actually every single copy was destroyed but one. And then it was... When they lost their lawsuit? Yes. Or, okay. And then it was redistributed by little cult followings that loved this movie. And it was taken care of. And that's how we have this beautiful footage. The German studio that did this movie was actually intending to be a whole studio of supernatural movies, which mm-hmm. would have been really cool. Yeah. Like Universal Monsters. In Germany. But in Germany. Yeah. And they weren't able to do that because they had to end up selling the company and filing for bankruptcy because Bram Stoker's widow copyrighted them. Mrs. Bram, come on. Yep. <laughs> she got them for copyright infringement and the judge ordered them to destroy all copies and one survived. And that's wow. how we have it now. That's incredible and incredible. You know, one person was like, I'm keeping I can't do this, this one. You know, it was probably one of the actors and one of the crew members who was like, yeah. this was amazing. It was so much fun. It was I'm a not going to do love. it. Yeah. Like, I would keep that on my shelf if it just my friends did something cool. Yeah. And then they kept it and they managed to make it. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Definitely. This movie is, was actually banned in Sweden until 1972 for excessive horror. Ooh. I know. Did you find anything about the audience audience perception or reception? Well, I guess, did it get widely, I'm assuming it got, it never got widely distributed. Exactly. Because they caught it before it did. Exactly. I see. Okay. Yeah. So there's not that. That's why it's a, it's a cult thing. It's an underground thing that started and now we all know about it, but nobody knew about it back then. That's so cool that something survived the test of time like that and grew Uh to be what it did. Yeah. Almost a hundred year old movie made it. That's That's awesome. Yeah. I'd give this movie a four out of five. Absolutely. I'm, I would love to say, because I love the older movies, that I would give it a five out of five, but I think I'm giving too many fives. <laughs> so. This one gets ripped a five <laughs> because Kristen feels too nice. <laughs> yes, basically. Well, I also don't have the nostalgia with it. I didn't grow up with yeah. it. I watched it when I was older, so I had a little bit of that. Mm, it's a little old, but I yeah. like old movies, so probably four. Yeah, it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for joining us on this immature little walkthrough of Nosferatu. <laughs> sorry Um, i'm not but (laughs) (laughs) thanks for bearing with us and if you'd like to hang out with us on our social medias you can find us at the extra sisters podcast on facebook and instagram you can find us on twitter at the extra sisters and we always welcome your feedback your suggestions your stories you can email us at the extra sisters at gmail.com we are very responsive to our emails and our dms we are also added to this happened a couple months ago but we also are added to stitcher google play and tune in We have started more blog posts on our website, which is extrasisters.com. So we would love for you to check us out there. And next time, what happens when you fall asleep? Till then, stay creepy.